Welcome to the show. We are tuned in for real-life stories with real-life people who have overcome adversity and healed their life. I am your host, Victoria Johnson, teacher trainer and coach trainer for the Heal Your Life Certification Program and best-selling author of Do That and Then Some Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough. As Louise Hay always said, the point of power is in the present moment, so let's get started. listeners and viewers. I'm so happy to have you back for another episode with the always smiling and incredible Pamela Aubrey. Uh, She is just a beautiful force in this world for good and you are going to love hearing her story. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about her before we get started. She began her own healing journey when she had a series of painful life events that included uh, emotional trauma and health trauma and you know just all of these things that were bringing up stuff that she needed to deal with from her past. And I think we can all relate to that. We've all got stuff that surfaces every once in a while. And we're like, oh, no, I don't want to look at that. But when we don't, it shows up again. So Pamela is going to talk to us about that, which is going to be so valuable for us. Um, She uh, also has studied in massage therapy, intuitive counseling, EFT, and is a Reiki master. So that's really exciting. Uh, And she loves working with sensitive souls, which makes me so happy because I encourage everyone to just embrace your sensitivity. And uh, she wants also to work with people who have experienced loss and illness. And, you know, that's really her forte where she specializes. To get a hold of her or learn more, go to risingenergy.com. Energy is spelled a little different, so I'm going to spell it out for you. So it's rising, I-N-N-E-R-G-Y.com. And you'll find the link in the show notes. And you can find her on Facebook at Pamela. Aubrey, A-U-B-R-E-Y. And her email is Pamela at risingenergy.com. Again, it's I-N-N-E-R-G-Y.com. Welcome to the show, Pamela. Thank you so much, Victoria. And thank you for that very warm and resounding welcome and introduction. I am so grateful to be here with you. Such a joy. And I've been super excited for this interview because there's so much that we can talk about and that I really want to share with you and the listeners. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, I appreciate you being here because like I said I just I know your heart and I know how much you want to help people and I appreciate your willingness to open up and share your story and to help others be healed by that so at that I'm going to turn the floor over to you and uh, just let you tell us a little bit about your journey Absolutely. Thank you. Well, you know, really, I would say that in many ways, my journey started before I ever really arrived here because my first kind of near death experience was in the womb. And I actually, while my mother was pregnant with me, my birth father attempted to end her life and mine. And I avoided that, (laughs) you know, and, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but, you know, I came into this world, I think maybe in a little bit different way, kind of already having experienced something like that, you know, before I even showed up all the way. And so I think that though was a really powerful uh, experience, even though it wasn't necessarily conscious for me, because I remember, you know, as a young child, just the veil was kind of thin for me between, you know, the world, the physical world and the spiritual world. And so I always felt like, you know, I had this knowing about myself, I had this knowing that I had power and I had insight inside of me. And so, you know, I remember around the age of seven or eight, even going with my father, who was a minister to homes, people who were shut in, who had been ill, 
you know, and couldn't couldn't attend services. And so we would go and visit some of these people. And I remember one woman in particular, she was someone that I was very close to. And, you know, she was at the end of her life and just spending a few moments with her, just holding her hand and kind of, you know, being in this like peaceful, amazing place with her, knowing that she was leaving this place, but that, you know, we were still connected. I was still going to see her. And, you know, it was like almost like she wasn't leaving. And so I think in a lot of ways, that kind of was a precursor to a lot of things that would happen in my life. Because even though I had this awareness around my spirituality, I didn't understand it at all. Hmm. (laughs) Right? And so that really, it really was a journey for me of learning to kind of balance what I experienced in the world of form and what I knew in my spirit about myself. And I think that's the journey a lot of us take in many ways. And, you know, some of us are aware of it maybe a little bit sooner than others, but ultimately we all kind of come to that point where we have to start of sort of grapple with that and kind of figure that out. And, and it was definitely a journey for me. You know, I actually, just to back up a little bit, I, I actually was not raised by my birth mom. Ultimately, she ended up surrendering me for adoption. And that became a really, you know, large wound in my life. And it definitely was something that was under the surface for me for many, many years growing up because, you know, in the culture, a lot of times of adoption is just sort of like, oh, thank goodness you escaped this bad situation. And, you know, you have people taking care of you that love you. And, and to some degree, that can be true. However, it doesn't negate the fact that there is a large loss that takes place. And so, you know, even as a child, I always had kind of this physical pain. I had this anxiety. I had, you know, I remember going to school and just feeling this pain in the pit of my stomach. And it was sort of this feeling that I just, you know, something wasn't right. Something was missing. Something was missing in my life. And I could never find this thing that was missing. And of course, not really understanding that as a child, you don't know how to voice that to people. You don't know how to say, you know, this is what it feels like to be me. And so what that became for me was this wound that I was constantly covering with, you know, different defense mechanisms. And eventually what that did was it just shut down my spirit. And by the time I was 14, I was really in a depressed state and my family had moved from my childhood home to a new state. And I was really finding it difficult to just transition and feel like I belonged in this new strange place. And in that moment, you know, I I mean, I say it's a moment, really, it was like many months of me thinking about taking my own life and what that would look like and how I would do that and planning it out and making it possible. And then really coming to that moment of sitting there with myself and deciding, okay, I think this is the moment. I think I'm going to do this. And I think this is going to work. And I, and I wanted it to work because, you know, I didn't want to have to face the consequences of it not working. And so as I sat there in that moment, I really feel like it was one of the most pivotal moments of my life because in that moment, I feel like I really met God for the first time in sort of an adult way. And all of a sudden, this piece just came over me and it said, you don't have to do this. It's not the right time for you. And you can go on. It's going to be okay. And I just knew, I just had a knowing that that was true. 
And I had an entire bottle of pills. I've never told this story, by the way. I had an entire bottle of pills and I put them away. I put them back in my drawer because I believed the voice, but I also wanted to just kind of know it was still there. I wasn't that far down the road yet, but I took a step. And I think that's the journey that a lot of us take is just, you know, we kind of, there's a part of us that wants to hold on to this life over here and the things that we've known. And then there's the part of us that really wants to move into what we know we're supposed to be and who we really are. And so that was kind of the turning point for me. And, you know, not to say that by any means at 14, I had things figured out. (laughs) Still had a long, long way to go, but, you know, it kind of got me started in the right direction. And, you know, I went on to finish high school and I went to college and I started out in nursing. I did that for a couple of years, decided I don't think that's really the right thing for me. Changed my degree, went into English and got an education degree. And then I got married and I went out in the world. I got pregnant, you know, I was still kind of going to school at that same time. But once I got married, I started to kind of move into the space where it was like, trying to discover who I really was, because up until that point, I really had been living my life largely the way I felt other people wanted me to live it and being who I thought I was supposed to be. And I grew up in a very like Christian kind of strict fundamentalist home where it was, you know, this teaching about loving God when you went to church. But when I was at home, it was very strict and very corporal. And it didn't resonate with me that there could be all this love, but I didn't feel it. And so the thing that really transpired for me as I moved into adulthood was wrestling with that in my personal life. And it was interesting, you know, after I had my son, I was married for about five years. And I really also then was kind of faced with some of the issues that were surrounding my adoption because my birth mom showed back up in my life. She found me and, you know, it was sort of this, it was such an interesting dynamic for me because, you know, obviously I hadn't known her my whole life. And then all of a sudden here she is, you know, and on top of that, it was in the landscape of me now having my own child and thinking, you know, I can't even imagine what it must've been like for her to have to give up a child and what that must have felt like. And so, you know, it really, it really was a journey for me to open my heart to all these new things and to this new relationship and to discover myself in a whole new way inside that space. And, you know, as I did that, it actually eventually kind of pushed me to a little bit of a crisis point. And so when I hit my thirties, actually, when I hit 30, (laughs) I had a small snowboarding accident. And at that time, my life was, I was already kind of, like I said, a little bit at that crisis point where I was just dealing with, grappling with a lot of these things at the same time. And after I had that accident, I came home a couple of weeks later and I was sitting in my living room and all of a sudden I just had this moment where it was kind of like everything went dark. And I really like, I kind of heard this internal voice just telling me like, this is what your future looks like. And it was the strangest moment because it was like something just snapped. And from that day on, I could not sleep at night. I mean, I had terrible, terrible insomnia. I could hardly get up and function during the day. And this went on for almost a couple of months before I finally went to some doctors and I had Fortunately, I had some family members, you know, that said, I think these doctors would be great for you. Go and see them. And thankfully I did because they, you know, really 
ultimately saved my life. And, you know, really put me on just a few little supplements. It wasn't even anything major they had to do, but it shifted me enough that I could come out of that space. But what it did show me was that I was at a point in my life where things really had to change. And so, and they did, you know, and again, so I feel like the turning points in my life are often like mixed because it's something that had to happen, but it wasn't necessarily a pleasant or easy moment in my life. And so, you know, I ended up actually through the course of that, um, getting separated and trying to get my life back, you know, on track on my own and seeking out, you know, support along the way. And it was tough. I mean, it was really tough. There wasn't a lot of support. And I had some family members, fortunately, that, you know, were a few hours away and I would visit them, you know, as often as I could. And they would call and encourage me. But it was really just a time where it was kind of like, all right, I've got to power through this on a lot of levels. And I spent a number of years. I mean, really, it probably was about 10 years before I really felt like I moved out of that struggle phase and started to transition into what it really was that I needed to learn from all of that. And part of that was I needed that time. I needed to take that journey. And one of the things I did after I got divorced was I went back to school and I went to massage therapy school. And that was so healing for me. I mean, I just, you know, not just physically was I able to, you know, experience that, but it allowed me to move into a space where I was doing something that I really felt was meaningful. And that was something that I'd always known I wanted to do. I always knew I wanted to be helping people. I wanted to be in service of people. And so that really started the journey for me towards what I would call my awakening. So once I, you know, once I started on that journey, it was sort of like a really just like a domino effect. And, you know, one thing would lead to another. But like I said, I mean, it was it was in pieces. You know, it wasn't this overnight process. It was, I would learn something here and I would learn something here. But meanwhile, I'm dealing with all these really difficult circumstances in my life, including, you know, still having some health issues, now dealing with an ex-husband, you know, and some of the difficulties that can go with that and court issues. And, you know, just the list would go on and on. We could talk about it for a long time. But the point is that, you know, all that while I'm still going through this process, I'm still doing the seeking and the searching. And one of the things that I found along the way was Reiki. And it was funny because when I first kind of encountered Reiki, I was like, this is just, I mean, it was all of a sudden, this just resonates. Like, what is this? This is just out of nowhere. I can't believe this exists. And yet it's like this magical thing, right? (laughs) That works for me. And so I loved that I, you know, that I understood it and that worked for me, but that it also worked for other people. And that, you know, suddenly I had this new tool that was changing my life. And again, it was incremental, but it helped. I mean, it was moving me in that direction. And then several years later, this is, I mean, gosh, I want to say it was, I think it was 10 years after I had completed massage school when I finally found what was called a Reiki circle. And so this was being held through a unity church in my area and it was free to go. You know, you could just show up and people would come, you know, you could know nothing about Reiki and you could be a Reiki master. And it was such a great environment because, you know, you just got to be there and learn and share and everyone benefited from it. And it was so powerful. 
powerful. And so that really shifted me to the point of learning Reiki myself and then ultimately becoming a Reiki master. And along that journey, then that opened so many other doors for me. And it also helped me to start to reach out and find other ways to support myself and other resources, which was something that had been really lacking in my life up to that point. And so, you know, I started to go to support groups and I started to really do some deep kind of soul searching and, you know, learning about myself and some of my patterns and better understanding, you know, how I was operating in relationships and things like that and growing in a way that allowed me to really move into who I was meant to be. And so, you know, through that process, I found that there were these things that other people were doing. There were these different modalities other people were using. And one of them was theta healing. And so I ended up connecting with a theta healer and it was amazing. You know, I mean, she really helped to uncover some things for me and to reveal some things to me. And it kind of, you know, just brought me one step closer. And then in 2017, in a kind of odd turn of events, I was looking for a new job, which wasn't the odd part, but that (laughs) I was so desperate. I mean, I was really so desperate to find something that I could really invest myself into that I felt was going to move me forward that I went on to Craigslist and I just thought, I'm going to see what's on here, you know? And so I'm looking through all these different all these different listings and this this listing jumps out for me and these people are helping people build online e-commerce stores and i'm like well that sounds really cool and you know i mean how great to help people start an online business and be able to work from home and have that kind of freedom and i just love the idea of it for myself but i loved it for others too and so i thought you know what I honestly don't think these guys are legitimate, but I'm going to send in my application just to see what comes of it and talk to them and find out if they're real or not. (laughs) And so, you know, I did that and I, the guy calls me the next day and I'm talking to him and I realize, oh my gosh, this guy's really smart. You know, he's been a stockbroker. He's done all these things, you know, so we get off the call and and he tells me, "I, I want you to talk to my boss. We'll talk tomorrow. I said, okay, great. So we get off the call and I start Googling them and, you know, trying to figure out who they are and what they do and all this. And I'm like, okay, they're, they're legitimate. They're out there. You know, they've been doing this. So I talked to his boss the next day and he says to me, he says, you know, would love to have you come on, but here's the deal. It's hundred percent commission. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a single mom, like hundred percent commission. And this is like essentially my first sales job other than I had done some real estate. And so I thought, I don't know, it's a really big leap. And for really like for the first time ever, I negotiated for myself and I said, I've got to have a little bit of base, but you know, if you guys can meet this number, then I'm in and they agreed to it. And it felt like a little bit of a miracle. But, you know, it was such an amazing opportunity. I didn't even realize at the time what was going to come of that. But what ultimately ended up happening was that we did a training with a really amazing group of sales trainers, one of which used to be the marketing director for Tony Robbins, and his name is Mark Bamuser. And that was a total game changer for me because I learned so much going through the training with him. And it really opened me up to whole new levels of mindset training and this realization that there was something inside me that I had long forgotten, that I knew was there, but I just kind of left behind And it was time for me to revisit that me 
and to get to know that me again. I just want to say um, what you're saying, I think is so helpful to the thousands of people listening that the whole mindset piece. So, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's something to do with your own personal health or your kids or your job or your relationship. It's really what happens between your ears that determines your success. Absolutely. So I'm so glad that you pointed that out, that the mindset piece is so important. And, you know, you had done so much work on yourself prior to this. Yeah. That that you were just at that perfect opportunity where the universe just aligned everything for you. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. No question. And once I started to open myself up, then, you know, as you know, it started to come. And, and that's just, I think that's the really kind of miraculous part about this is that when we're seeking something, it's seeking us too, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so then I had friends coming to me saying, Oh, come to this group. I just started. It's really great. You know? And so I started going to this group and it's all on this, it's this mindset, you know, stuff. And I'm like, what is this? (laughs) And I'm like, how does this happen? You know, and um, it was a wonderful book that we were reading called Practical Enlightenment. And so, you know, it just gave me more steps forward. And then I started reading Eckhart Tolle and which by the way, was the second time I started reading him. And the first time that I tried to read him, it just, I couldn't, it just didn't make sense to me. I was like, I'm not getting this. And all of a sudden it was like this new world reading him. Like I was definitely in a different place and a different, you know, readiness. And then starting to hear more about Louise Hayes and picking up, you know, heal your life and thumbing through it and just like, oh my gosh, like, where's this stuff been? all my life. Right. (laughs) And I'm just, you know, I'm just like incrementally, but yet at the same time, I feel like exponentially expanding and my awareness of all these different things. And I was just going to say, I am so uh, thrilled with everything that you have shared because it's not just children of adoption. And, and I don't care if we are 70 years old, we're still children of adoption, right? It's all of those kids who uh, maybe parents have divorced or separated or were never together in the first place. I think that thread of that feeling of abandonment, whether it was true or not, that thread of rejection does stay with us. And, you know, what you said was so powerful in the beginning about how, you know, you knew that there was something missing in your life, but how do you process that as a five-year-old, as an eight-year-old, as a 10-year-old? Like you just don't. You don't. And and so I'm so glad you shared that because I think that so many people, you know, stepchildren can relate to, oh, you know, well, you should just be really happy that your stepmoms or stepdad has accepted you and is raising you as their own. And, and, and I understand the intention of people saying that, but I think for the child hearing it, it has a negative impact. Right. And I'm so glad you brought that to light. So thank you so much for sharing that. It's There was so much wisdom in what you shared as well. One thing that I uh, jotted down was you said you were living by what other people wanted you to be. Yeah. And to go back to your point that you're just making, you know, I think when you have that kind of rejection and you have that kind of loss, you are so focused on, I don't want to, you don't, not consciously, you know, unconsciously, you're like, I don't want to have to go through that again. I don't want to lose the people that are around me that I still have. Mm -hmm. And so you just are constantly doing whatever it takes to make people happy and to make sure that that stays in place. 100% fact. 
Absolutely. And for those of you listening who maybe have been trying to identify what it is that makes you um, someone who wants to please other people and need that acceptance so much, take a look back, you know, look back into your childhood and think about was there feelings of rejection? Again, real or imagined doesn't matter. Uh, What matters is that you felt them. And the fact that you've done all of this work, you make such a great point when you say it happened in stages. Mm -hmm. So to the listeners, I want to say, please don't beat yourself up. You know, I had a conversation with someone the other day who I think mid 50s, my age, uh, who said to me, like, I should be done all of this. I pictured my life at this age being like totally just like flat, right? Like no drama, no nothing. I'm like, yeah, that's never going to happen. Right? And so the thing is, is just to remind people, uh, you've done a great job of reminding them that, you know, all of this healing, all of this growth It happens in stages and it happens at exactly the right time. So you may power through two years of of struggle and growth or two weeks of struggle and growth, but there's no right way to do it. You know, just keeping moving forward and staying connected with the mindset piece that you um, have so eloquently said is the foundation. Yes, absolutely. And I really love that you say that because I think that we have a tendency, especially in our culture, to really judge ourselves. And a lot of us are perfectionists, right? Mm -hmm. And I do remember one of the other first books I read was The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. And that was really an eye-opener for me. You know, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's me. Yes. (laughs) You know? And so I absolutely love that because so much of our growth comes when we can just stop judging ourselves, give ourselves some grace, you know, let ourselves experience being in that space of love and appreciation for who we are. And just the fact that we have been created this way on purpose. Absolutely. You know what, Pamela, I'm going to, after this recording is produced, I'm going to go back and put that into the show notes, what you just said, because I think that's an amazing quote for the listeners and viewers to really have at the front of their mind that everything is happening exactly how it is supposed to be happening. And, you know, our job is just to stay aware to stay aware and be open and moving forward. I'm so thankful to have you on the show. I want to tell everyone your website again, Rising Energy, that's I-N-N-E-R-G-Y.com. On Facebook, it's Pamela Aubrey, A-U-B-R-E-Y. And email is Pamela at risingenergy.com, I-N-N-E-R-G-Y.com. Again, all the links will be in the show notes. Before we get off the podcast today, we were talking before we started recording about overcommitting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, during this time right now where every time we turn around, there's something new to sign up for mm-hmm. um, and something shiny, you know, yes. shiny object syndrome that's, right. <laughs> um, that's going on. Never mind trying to be everyone, everything to everyone, especially for these moms who uh, their kids have been out of school for several months now. Yes. Do you have any tips for the viewers and listeners on how to avoid overcommitting? Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I mean, I was even sharing with you that I've been experiencing the same thing. You know, it's a lot of these things just coming up constantly, it feels like. And for me, one of the things that has been really helpful is on just to get still, you know, just when you're starting to feel that like, oh my gosh, maybe I should do this, that little bit of like anxiety or, you know, fear of missing out. <laughs> you know, I know FOMO, people joke about it, but it's a real thing, right? It's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. To just get really still 
still and really quiet and just allow yourself to sit and be with yourself for a little bit and then go back to it when you're a little bit in a little bit calmer, you know, state and think, okay, is this something that really is a priority? And if it's not, you know, if it's not really something that you just have to do right now, if it's not something that, you know, hundred percent, yeah, in my spirit, this is something that I have to do, then just let it go. You know, just let Mm -hmm. it go because spirit is going to bring to you whatever you need. And one of, one of my favorite, I kind of like have quotes that I go through every morning. And one of my favorite books in the world is by Joseph Murphy and it's the power of the subconscious mind. And one of the things he talks about is divine intelligence and, you know, just the idea that infinite intelligence or divine intelligence that gives us our desires is always there to deliver what it takes to fulfill that. And I think if we can just sit with that idea and just allow ourselves to trust and believe that whatever we need is coming, it will come. Absolutely. I'm going to piggyback on what you said a little bit, right? So the being still, the listening for the divine intelligence. And I just want to add a step three, stop comparing yourself to other people. Uh, Yes. Right. What you see on Facebook, what you see on Instagram, that's not the real picture. That's right. So don't feel like you need to do everything or be everything or like be doing 700 crafts or, you know, (laughs) running uh, online programs. You just do what, what Pamela just said, you know, be still, listen to that divine intelligence and know that everything will work out perfectly for you. Thank you again for being on the show, Pamela. I just loved connecting with you. Thank you. Absolutely wonderful to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to become an internationally certified Heal Your Life teacher and coach, please visit thetraining.ca. To be a guest on the show and share your story, please visit victoriajohnson.org. Thank you so much for joining us.